morning, everybody. Y'all awake? The clocks mess you up. Uh-oh, I see some yawning going on. Uh, you know, for years, for years I used to hate this time. Well, not this time. I used to hate when we'd fall back. The reason why was because I worked night shift, so I'd be in there and really I had to work 13 hours. Uh, so it was tough for me when we fell back, but I did like falling back because then once I got home, you could, you know, sleep extra. But I think my body is in tune for the, this time because I, I always find myself for months now waking up at 4.30. I usually try to get up at 5.30 and... For whatever reason, I always wake up at 4.30. And guess what? I woke up at 4.30 this morning, but it was 5.30. It was a surprise, right? I got surprised this morning. It was 5.30, and I got up, and I felt good. So I feel good. Uh, I don't know about everybody else, but I, I do feel good. I just wanted to add that in because I know it was this daylight savings time, and I tried to throw that into my lesson, but... All of that aside, isn't it a great day to be here and praise the Lord? Isn't it a great day to get to come a little chilly outside? But man, what a beautiful, sunshiny day to get to come and worship the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful to see all your faces. I really do uh, love getting to see y'all. And, and it makes me feel so good and it encourages me when I get to look and shake and and hug you real hard and, and all those things that I like to do. But... If you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, and I really want to focus in on verses 42 through 52. I want to focus in at the end of this chapter. I know that the Bible classes are studying this, and it's what people would say is Paul's first missionary journey. And what happens is... is we see a, a switch in the storyline in the book of Acts. We see at the, at, up until this point, really Peter is kind of the main character or the one that's getting followed the most. And now we see this switch to Paul becoming the main character in, in the, and really on into the remainder of Acts. Paul and Barnabas and Acts chapter 13 at the very beginning, verse 1 says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of to which I have called them, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So here Barnabas and Saul are sent out and they are about to go on a missionary journey. They go through Cyprus. There's a, a sorcerer there that Paul ends up blinding for a time. It says in verse 11, Now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And then it happened, the, the dark mist fell on him. And then they leave and they go to a place called Pisidia. 
And in Pisidia, we see Paul and Barnabas go into a synagogue. They go in to speak to the Jews. And in verse 16, it says, Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hands said, Men of Israel and who you who fear God, listen. And then he says, The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out. And then he continues uh, throughout his lesson, and I don't have time to really get into that. He, he gets into talking about a history of the Jews in his own way, and he actually talks about Saul, the first king of Israel. But look at verse 26. I kind of want to hit the highlights. He says, Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, or even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should put, be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. This promise that was uh, promised to their fathers was fulfilled by the raising up of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Here it was, what they'd been waiting on, now it has come and it's right for them. They understand now that Jesus is the promise and it's fulfilled as He was resurrected from the dead. But look at verse 39. He says, And by Him everyone who believes is justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Here was Paul in the middle of the synagogue in the middle of the synagogue, and he ends the lesson by saying that, and by Jesus, everyone who believes is justified from all things. But you can't be justified by the law of Moses. Had to be a hard thing for these Jewish people to hear. Had to be a hard thing for them to understand that now we're moving to this Jesus guy as being the focal point. And look at verses 40 and 41. And then we'll get into our text. I just wanted to kind of get us into what is going on. Beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold you despisers, marvel and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. This morning I want to talk about something that is powerful. I want to talk about something that changes people's lives. 
I want to talk about the gospel. You ever heard of it? <laughs> the power to save, right? I want to talk about why the gospel is so powerful. Let's read verses 42 through 52. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath... Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles." For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and a prominent Woman and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I want us to consider three things about the power of the gospel. The very first thing to consider this morning is the gospel is powerful most of all because it's God's message, not man's. Verse 42 says, The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached the next Sabbath. Verse 44 says, The next Sabbath almost the whole city came to hear the word of God. And really, when you look back, we were just doing this in class talking about Cornelius. This word of God is constantly used in the book of Acts. Why? Because it is powerful. Peter heard what he was supposed to... He had this vision and he was told that uh, things were now called uh, common or now called clean. And then he gets told by the Spirit to go with these men that come to him from Cornelius' house and to go without doubting. And Peter does it. And Peter not only listens to what the Word tells him to do, what the Spirit tells him to do, what God tells him to do, but he preaches it. Why? Because he believes it. Because it's true. What a comforting feeling to know God's Word is true. What I read in these pages are true. Verse 46, Paul and Barnabas said it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. In verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. Why is that so important? Because we see that the gospel didn't come from men. It came from God. 
Jesus, the life he lived, the scriptures he fulfilled, and his death, his burial, his resurrection was real. And him being the ultimate sacrifice was not just some made-up story. It wasn't just some Greek mythology uh, that people follow. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The Lord had this plan for us to be saved from the beginning. And He knew that it was going to come through His Son. He did it because He loved us. He knew that there wasn't going to be any way we could do it. And the only way that we were going to be able to be saved was through Jesus. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children... These things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation. He is the payment. He is the atonement for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the whole world. God knew that we were all going to sin. He knew that we were all going to be found guilty. And He knew that we were going to be separated from Him. But through the death of Jesus on the cross and His resurrection from the dead, it allowed us to be found right in His eyes. Paul was preaching in these synagogues and allowing the Jews to hear this message. This message of salvation first. Which goes right along with what he says in Romans 1.16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. The Jews were God's people. And therefore, they were to have the chance to hear the gospel, to be saved first. But now, as we've read actually back in Cornelius' story, and now here we see again that the gospel not only is for the Jews, but it's for everybody. And we'll talk about that in a minute. What a beautiful thing. Paul tells us that the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14 says this, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which He called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, I'm going down this road a little bit. And I know that we understand this, but I really want us to grasp this so at the end you will catch what I mean by it. From the beginning, the plan of salvation was known. The plan for man to... Listen, the plan to be reconciled to God for man to be reconciled to God through obedience of the gospel was not a man-made thing. It wasn't a last-second plan by the Lord. Let me just implement this real quick. It was God's plan from the start for all men to go through Jesus to be saved. And that happens when we obey the gospel. Paul tells the Jews, look at what he says in verse 40 and 41 again. Beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. He says, behold you despisers, marvel and perish. This is Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. He says, for I work a work in your days a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. A work which you will by no means believe. What was the work? It was the way to be brought to God. It was a way to be saved. Here was Paul and Barnabas on a mission. What was their main focus? Other people. The gospel never could come from man because it would have died out. But it came through a loving and awesome God who uses men to tell others about it. Like we see from Paul and Barnabas doing and many of the others in the book of Acts. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 tells us, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I use this verse a lot. But you want to know why I repetitively use these scriptures? You want to know why I only have a select few of scriptures that I like to use? Because guess what? They encourage me. They make me realize how important the gift that I have is. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God. And not of us. Why do you get baptized for the remission of your sins? Because God's doing surgery on you. Not me. God is working on you. He's cleaning you up. Therefore, when you come out of the water, you're clean. Not because that's my opinion, because that's what the Bible tells us. That's what the Bible teaches. Acts twenty two sixteen specifically says, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. The second thing I want us to consider is the gospel is powerful because Powerful because when it's proclaimed the right way, when it's proclaimed rightly, guess what happens? It causes division. And let me explain that. 
Look at verse 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached again. I want to hear this again. I want to hear what you're talking about. And so in verse 44, guess what happens? The whole city comes out. You don't think it was a big deal? You don't think that people were trying to hear what this message was? The whole city comes out. But look at verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. The Jews didn't want to receive what they knew was right. They were full of envy. Because the whole city had come out to hear, and it wasn't just about them anymore. They knew the truth, but they didn't want to accept it. Verse 50 tells us the Jews stirred up so much stuff and brought so much persecution that they expelled Paul and Barnabas from the region. Told them, get out, man. You need to get out of here with this stuff. They knew the truth, but they didn't want to accept it. What had the gospel done? It had caused division between the righteous and the unrighteous. Those who... want to obey God's will and those who don't want to obey God's will. I want to draw an application for us this morning from that. Uh, Maybe you're sitting here this morning understanding what you need to do today. Maybe you're sitting here today and you aren't a child of God. And you know that you should be. There's a line That's strong. Either you are or you aren't. There's there's no middle ground on this. Some may refuse it and get mad, but some will accept it. I want you to listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. This is right, actually, let me just read a little bit before it, too. The verse that everybody knows, right? For God so loved the world, verse 16, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And I want us to focus on these three verses. And this is the condemnation. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, do I need to become a child of God? Do I have time? 
Do I really need to pay attention to whether or not I am a Christian or not? Or does it, you know, maybe you're sitting here and it doesn't really even matter. I'm sad if that's the case. Because look at what he says, and this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. Jesus has come into the world to save you. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Why were the Gentiles so excited? Because they realized once they came to the knowledge of the truth and their sins were forgiven, guess what? They were forgiven. Washed away. They had the ability to be saved to God Almighty. Here's the sad truth. We all here have the ability to tell people about the gospel. Every single one of us who is a child of God has the ability to tell somebody about the hope that's in us. And here's here's the thing. When you go back and you think about when you first became a child of God, how excited were you? When you first became a Christian, how did that feel to you to understand that you were forgiven? And now in turn, are you letting others know about it? Are we so busy in our daily lives that talking about Jesus is just pushed to the side? Are we so busy in the things that we're doing? Not necessarily bad things. We all got to go to work. We all got to take care of our family. We all got to do those things, no doubt. But where's Jesus getting preached on the list? Where's Jesus getting talked about on the list? Does it even matter at all? The fact of the matter is nobody can come to Jesus. I mean, nobody can come to the Lord except through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and the life. This was an exciting time for the church. Look at verse 49, which is going to lead me into my last point. Actually, look at verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. The Jews had this preached to them. They had this gospel presented to them, and they rejected it. And guess what Paul says? Okay, that's fine. I'm going to take it to the Gentiles. And when they heard it, they were glad. And they glorified the word of the Lord. 
And as many as, as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And then look at this verse right here, 49. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Man, could you imagine being a part of that? Could you imagine being a part of that? People obeying the gospel, people understanding the truth, people glorifying the Lord. Guess what? We still can be a part of it. That isn't something that just happened and it don't happen anymore. That's something we can do now. Yes, I'm very passionate about it. Yes, I get excited about it. Because you know what? We can still do it today. We have the treasure. Is it that important though? I hope it is because of my final point. The gospel is so powerful. The gospel is so powerful because it's for everybody. No matter what you look like, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've done, The Lord loves you. And He made a way for you to be forgiven for all the wrong that you've done. If you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 3. I got two scriptures that I want us to just think about and consider before we leave. One of them is Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. I encourage you to read 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 7, and 8. Actually, just read the whole thing. Because Romans is very, very powerful. But I'm kind of cutting into chapter 3, and it's a great area of Scripture. But how encouraging it, it should be to us, brethren, when we, when we hear this and we realize this and we think about it. And we make it something that we're concerned about. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth, and here it is again, as a propitiation, as an atonement or a payment by His blood. This wasn't no money. He didn't give a bunch of money to God to pay for it. He gave His life for you and for me and for everybody else. Man, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. (laughs) You know what? I've done some silly stuff in my life. Some stuff that I've just absolutely and totally embarrassed about. 
And immediately here I am thinking about several of them, just terrible things. Guess what? I've been forgiven of that. I've been forgiven. Doesn't that mean something? Doesn't that encourage you? It doesn't matter if you've done really bad things or little bitty things. Guess what? When you become a child of God, you've been reconciled to God. And guess what that means? When you die, you get to go to heaven. Man, if I don't get anything else in this life that's worth it, amen? If I don't get anything else in this life, guess what I get? Heaven to be my home forever and ever. And it was because of the blood that Jesus shed for me. Verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. I believe who Jesus is. I believe what he did. I'm willing to repent. I'm willing to confess. I'm willing to be baptized into Christ. We talked about it in class. If I'm willing to do that, guess what? God says I'm His child. And we can walk in the newness of life. We no longer carry around the sin that's enslaved us. Why stay enslaved? Why stay in regret? Why stay in remorse your whole life when you can be freed from it? Why? Why carry it around? Why not be new? The blood of Jesus allows God to pass over the sins that were previously committed. Amen and hallelujah. As we close this morning, I want us to think about this. I want us to go back to that time when these Gentiles were so excited about the truth. Where these Gentiles were so excited to go spread the word along with Paul and Barnabas. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Here's my challenge, brethren. Will you be a missionary? Will you go out these doors and be a missionary for the church, for the Lord, for His glory? Will it be a top priority for you? Ephesians 1.3 talks about all the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And I want you to just hear this and I'll be done. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Think about how much somebody cares for you. Before the foundation of the world, He thought of you. Wow. I hate to say it, but sometimes I don't always think about all y'all. God thought about you. You. 
That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Not only did He think about you, He wanted to make you holy and blameless. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. According to the good pleasure of His will. And then Paul says, to the praise of the glory of His grace. For by grace we're saved, right? Just got to believe and you're good, right? No, that's not what grace is. It's the gospel. We've been given mercy and grace in the fact that we've been given the ability to be saved. We've been given the opportunity. And if you're a Christian here today, go spread it to someone else. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. I like, I like, I sometimes say it and it makes me smile. I like saying beloved brethren, you know, I love saying that. (laughs) It makes me feel special because guess what? I am special. I'm beloved. Because of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a child. I'm pleading with you as though Christ were pleading through me. Be reconciled to God today. Maybe you're here and you need prayers. Let's go do it, y'all. We talk about it and we talk about it and we think about it and we know it. Let's go do it and affect people's lives. I love you all so much. Come right now, together, let's dance.